Dear Saints, welcome to another edition of Talking Bible Truth with Dr. Kamala D. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D, here to help you grow in faith and walk in God's amazing grace. This is message number five of a six-part series entitled, Know Your Enemy, Satan. This is line number five, speaking in tongues is of the devil. Now we have to be very careful here because blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will earn you eternal damnation. Now put on your learning hats as I teach you what speaking in tongues is all about, where it comes from, and why it's important for Christians to speak in tongues today. Now let's get into this eye-opening, life-changing message. All right, saints, let's get through this very important message. Now one of the reasons I chose speaking in tongues um, as part of this six-part series is because speaking in tongues is a spiritual gift that is misunderstood throughout the body of Christ. It is. Um, the body of Christ is filled with spiritual gifts, but speaking in tongues um, is one of the spiritual gifts that a lot of people don't understand because it's never been explained to them. It, it hasn't. It's never been explained to them. But yet, it is a very important gift that we need today in order for us to operate each day and fight off the devil. It is. Now, I'm going to be reading a lot of scriptures throughout this um, episode. And the first scripture I'm going to read is in 1 John chapter 4. Now, while you go over there, I am going to read because you have the ability to pause this message. And then after you find it, you can resume. But I will be reading 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. That's 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Now the term he who is in the world refers to the evil spirits, the forces of Satan that are running around loose in this world. Even though we have the victory over them Christ, in, in Christ Jesus, we still have to contend with them on a daily basis. The greater one, or he who is in you, is the Spirit of God. Jesus is in us, of course. Christ in you, the hope of glory. But the way he is in us is by the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit, the power of God is made available to us. And that power is our ultimate weapon against these demonic forces. Now, this does not in any way negate or water down the importance of faith. You need to know how to operate in faith and how to release your faith on whatever may arise. That is extremely important. However, if you do not release any power on a situation when you try to use your faith, you still won't be able to do anything. You know, we need a combination of faith and power because both work together. You have to be filled with the Holy Spirit to have that power available to you. Otherwise, you will not overcome those who are in the world. And that's one of the reasons a lot of Christians are, are falling and, and, and appears that they are losing in the world because they don't have that power. They're not filled with the Holy Spirit. 
And those demonic forces are ready to shoot you down every which way you turn. Now, the only way you can combat these forces is by the power of God. The Holy Spirit is the power. And speaking with tongues is the source that releases that power. Now, Satan wants you powerless. We need to get that straight. He doesn't want you to have any power because without the power, you can't defeat him. So he can control and dominate every aspect of your life. That is one reason he tenaciously fights speaking with tongues. And it is one reason why you should participate in it. The devil has even ascended to, to some of these pulpits and said through, through the mouths of some of these so-called represent, representatives of God that speaking in tongues is of the devil. It was difficult for me to even say that. We have to watch out there because we know that blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven in this time nor the time to come. So your best bet, if you don't know about speaking in tongues, don't say anything about it. Oh no, don't say anything about it. And don't ask nobody who is representing Satan who want to shoot it down because they'll have you going to hell on a first class ticket alongside of them. Now, do you notice how inconsistent this statement really is? However, in every lie mentioned in this message, we supposed to accept that there is no such thing as Satan or the devil. Oh, the devil is a liar. God is supposed to be the one who brings bad things on people because by the process of el elimination, God is the only spiritual entity left after we discount Satan. Mm -mm, the devil is a liar. After all, you cannot blame any calamity on someone who does not exist, right? Either the devil exists or he don't exist. We can't have it both ways. And as we read in, in, and as we read and talked about in message number one, that the devil does not exist, we have to remember what Jesus said. Jesus said, he, the devil, is a thief, a murderer, and many other sordid and unpleasant things are associated with him. And he will do anything, I, I, and I repeat, anything to keep you ignorant so he can keep messing you and your family up. Now, when it comes to speaking with tongues, the, it, it, it is plain and simple. Without the power released by speaking with tongues, we are vulnerable to the devil. That is plain and simple. That's why a lot of Christians are losing a battle. Now, you have to have that supernatural ability. Satan knows this. And he will lie to you and try to scare you away from speaking in tongues at any cost. Now, Satan's strategy is this. His first step is to keep you from coming to Christ. That's why we have all these uh, Satan-made through man religions out here that separate you from Christ because he's the Savior. There is no other Savior. That's it. There's no other Savior. Uh, anyone that doesn't go through Christ cannot be saved and will never be saved. And that's just truth. And Satan knows this, and he has convinced millions of people that it is okay to try to get to God through another way. Now, if you come to Christ, his next step is to keep you ignorant of the power available to you. If that does not work, Satan's third step is to try to scare you off by telling you, oh, you know what? Speaking in tongues is of the devil now. You know you don't want to be filled with the devil. Now, it's the devil telling that to people. That is so sad. But I can tell you this, not one person can show you in the Bible where speaking in tongues is of the devil. Not one. Now, another idea which has prevailed in several denominations is that when you are born again, 
you are automatically filled with the spirit as well. Now, if this was true, I, I, then we book of Acts chapter 19 is not true. So we're going to read what the truth is. I'm getting ready to clarify this and, and rightly divide the scriptures. Now let's look at Acts chapter 19 verses 1 and 2. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now remember that the events in Acts 19 happened approximately 19 years after the day of Pentecost. Now the church had been operating in the power of the spirit for those 19 years. So Paul at this time had been ministering the gospel by the, by the leading and the power of the Holy Spirit for about nine or 10 years. So he definitely knew what he was talking about in the book of Acts. Now let's look at uh, some more verses in the book of Acts uh, chapter 19. This is going to be two through six. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who, who would come after him, that is on Jesus Christ. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So if, so if what some of these churches are saying is true, why did Paul ask the people in Ephesus, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? His asking that question implies that being filled with the spirit is not automatic. Okay. We just read that. Okay. Also, Jesus says in John 14, 17, that the world meaning sinners cannot receive the Holy spirit. Now, if you are filled with the spirit at the same moment, you are born again, you are receiving him while you are a sinner. Now, Jesus says you cannot do that. You can accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior at 12 o'clock, then be filled with the Spirit at 12 or 1. But you cannot, and I repeat, you cannot do both simultaneously, okay? Now, being born again and being filled with the Spirit are two separate transactions. The Holy Spirit is in you only if you receive Him by an act of your will. After you have been born again, okay, you must be born again first, before the Holy Spirit will be made available to you. Now, it may not be theologically or denominationally true, but it is definitely biblically true, okay? It is documented in the Holy Bible. Now, there are some people who think being filled with the Spirit is good, fine, and wonderful. Some of them even say that they should be filled and would be, except that they do not wanna speak with other tongues. <laughs> Boy, ignorance is bliss. Now, now that one aspect of being filled with the spirit repels them for whatever reason. Now, God will not force you to be filled with the spirit. Let's make that clear. Just as he will not force you to be born again. 
It is entirely your decision. Don't let the devil lie to you and tell you God will force you to be filled with the spirit or God will force you to be born again. If you want to reject God, God gives you free will to do that. However, if you decide you do not need to be filled, you should amass enough evidence from the word to be able to tell God why you do not have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay. You need to do that as well. And I do not mean basing your case on one, you know, verse of scripture, just one scripture. You know how many scriptures are in this Bible? A lot of people always, are, uh, I see people posting the scripture, have no idea what the, what the scripture means. And that's it. And people will derive at a whole nother uh, situation or a whole nother meaning of the entire Bible based on one scripture. Uh, that's comical to me, but. Um, we do have some faith-based and word-based and, and rightly dividing the word of truth throughout the body of Christ. So we need to follow those people who are teaching the truth. Now, uh, you need to find several scriptures because the Bible tells us by the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Now, let, let me make the case for speaking in tongues, okay? How did the apostles know when someone was filled with the Spirit? We have ways in, in many industries or of determining whether a product is genuine or counterfeit, right? So more than likely, the apostles had some methods as well. What was the norm or benchmark they used? Now, usually, if you want to establish a norm for something, you go back to the first time that an event occurred and, uh, and establish the norm based on that. Let's look at the first time people were filled with the Holy Spirit and see what happened. Then uh, we will look at other scriptures to find out if the apostles saw what happened that first time as a benchmark. Let's look at uh, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And remember, you can pause uh, for the sake of time. I'm going to continue to read. Now, we have uh, the first occurrence of people being filled with Spirit. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now notice the connection here. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. It does not say, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, period. It says they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, we have the same connection uh, emphasized in Acts chapter 10, verses 44 through 46. Now, I told you I'm going to be doing a lot of reading in scriptures because I want God to speak when it comes to speaking in tongues. So if um, you want to reject it, you go ahead on and reject God. You have the free will to do it. Now look at Acts chapter 10, verses 44 through 46. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. 
as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnified God. Now in Acts 19.6, the same thing happened when the people in Ephesus received the Holy Spirit. Look at this. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. They spoke with tongues and prophesied. Every time someone in the book of Acts was filled with the Spirit, it was accompanied by speaking with other tongues. So I submit to you that speaking with tongues was the benchmark the apostles used to determine if someone had been filled with the Spirit. Okay, just like it's the benchmark today. That hasn't changed. Now, I want you to go back to Acts chapter 10. Um, and we're going to look at verses 27 and 28. And I will prove that what I have just stated is the case. Okay. And as he talked with him, this is Peter talking with a man named Cornelius. He, Peter, went in and found many who had come together. Then Peter said to them, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one another or go to one of, of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. My Lord. Now, the context of these verses is this. Peter was an Orthodox Jew, okay? Because of a vision the Lord gave him, he went to the home of a man named Cornelius. Cornelius was a Gentile. And at this point in time, most Orthodox Jews would have frowned upon Peter's going to the home of a Gentile. Let's look at uh, Acts chapter 10, 44 and 48. Again, we're going to be reading a lot of scripture right here. Like I said, I want God to speak. Okay. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word and those of the circumcision, that is the Jews, who believed were astonished. As many as, as came to Peter, I mean, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized? Who had received the Holy Spirit just as we have and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord then they asked him to stay a few days now let's look at Acts chapter 11 verses 1 through 15 and if you guys will allow me let me take a drink of water I'm about to read 15 verses okay Acts chapter 11 verses 1 through 15 and I am reading. Now the apostles and brethren who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision, meaning the Jews, contended with him, saying, you went in to uncircumcised men and ate with them? But Peter explained it, he, he explained it to them in, in order for, from the beginning, saying, let me say that again, my goodness. But Peter explained it to them in order from the beginning, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, an object descending like a great sheet, let down from heaven by four corners, and it, it came to me. 
When I observed it intently and considered, I saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And I heard a voice saying to me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, Not so, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has, has at any time entered my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. Whoo, Lord Jesus, thank you. To God be all the glory. I'm sorry, I had a moment there, y'all. Now this was done three times and all were drawn up again into heaven. At that very moment, three men stood before the house where I was, having been sent by, by uh, Caesarea. Then the spirit told me to go with them, doubting nothing, Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me and we entered the, the man's house and he told us how he had seen an angel standing in his house who said to him, send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who will tell you words by which you and all your household will be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon do you, let me stop there. Now, fell upon them as upon us. In modern terms, we would say fell on them like, like he fell on us, okay? Now, pay close attention to what Peter says in the rest of the verse. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning, okay? Peter reminded the Jews who were contending with him of what happened to them when they were filled excuse me he went back to the beginning he can he can deduce from peter's statement or we can deduce from peter's statement that what happened in the beginning was the apostles benchmark and that it should be our benchmark as well not the beginning as in your denominations beginning not back to the seminary or sometimes i call cemetery but where the word indicates it started okay let's look at acts uh, chapter 11 verse 16 and 18 then I remembered the word of the Lord how he said John indeed baptized with water but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit if therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ who was I who was I that I could withstand God when they the Jews heard these things they became silent and then uh, wait, they became silent and they, they glorified God saying, then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. Yeah, they finally gave in when they, when Peter spoke that word to him. Now convincing the Jews of fellowship with the Gentiles was monumental happening. Trust me, because they were not the kind of people who accepted every whimsical idea. It took God almighty, the spiritual equivalent of an atomic bomb to get them to change what they were believing because they were so thoroughly entrenched in what they believed. Boy, I tell you, just like some people today, you know, I do not mean, you know, anything derogatory by saying that, but I simply mentioned it uh, to prove my point. The point is if what happened in those verses was enough to convince these Jews, it should be enough to convince us. Okay. Now, why should we speak with, with other tongues? Why? Let, let's talk about that right now. The question we have to ask ourselves inevitably is why? Why speak with tongues? In other words, why do tongues 
come with the package of being filled with the Holy Spirit. One reason we have already discussed is that speaking with tongues releases the power of God into your life and circumstances. But that is only one reason. What are some others? Let's look at Acts chapter 10. Again, verse 45. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. As many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had, had been poured out on the Gentiles also. The Holy Spirit, like salvation, is a gift. We do nothing to earn it or, or be worthy of it. We, we're not. We are not worthy of it, and we don't have to do anything to earn it. And if y'all hear thunder in the black background, that's Satan trying to stop this message. But the devil is a liar. It'll never happen. Now, we simply accept it, okay? When you receive a gift or when a gift is offered to you, you do not, you know, dictate the terms of what is being offered. The giver does, okay? You have only two options. You can either accept it or reject it. Now, let me give you an example of what I mean. Let us say someone wants to bless you with a, a brand new car. Okay. I use that as an illustration. You do not have to pay a cent for the car. And there are no conditions or strings attached. All you have to do is go pick up the car and, and drive it and just enjoy it. However, when the car is delivered or you pick the car up, you find out that the car is green and you don't like the color green. Now, is that is the fact that the car is green going to stop you from accepting it? It might. Some people so stubborn it might. But the fact that the car is green, but the car is free, brand spanking new expensive car, is the color going to stop you from accepting the car? And probably not. Now, because a car is a car and cars are not, they are not cheap, especially today. In fact, chances are that you will want to, uh, you know, take it for a spin as soon as you see it. Now, God is the one who has given us the car, the Holy Spirit. And he is the one who made it green by speaking with other tongues. Okay. Can you uh, equate the two? That's why I use that illustration because it's simple. Now, here's another reason for speaking uh, with tongues. If you ask anyone whether or not they would desire to speak to God, the answer you generally get will be yes. But we never stop to consider two things, how limited our native languages really are and how limited our access to God is because of our lack of knowledge about persons, places, or things. We can say in our native language to, to the Father, I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for your blessings. I want to thank you that I am your child, uh, that through Jesus you have saved me, redeemed me, and written my name in the land's book of life. Uh, however, we get to the point where we say, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you, and we are not really saying what we want to say. But we know other, you know, but we know no other words in our native language to, it, it, as it relates to talking to God. That is where speaking with tongues can be beneficial to us, okay? Now, through it, we can converse with God beyond the realm of our individual knowledge about the circumstances around us, and we can express uh, to the Father everything we want to say to him. Another place where speaking with tongues can help us is in um, the area of intercession. Paul says in Romans uh, chapter 8, Romans chapter 8 verses 26 and 27 listen to this 
Likewise, the spirit also helps in our weakness or ability to understand and know. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, he who searched the hearts knows what the, wait, I'm sorry. Now, he who searched the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now, many times people will look at this scripture and say, you know, we don't know how to pray as we should. That is not what Paul is referring to here. I mentioned that one of the things that limits us in speaking with God is our lack of knowledge about persons, places, and things. That is especially true in the case of circumcision. It is not so much not knowing how to pray as it is not knowing how to pray as we ought, okay? In other words, not knowing what to pray for. For example, let us say that I wanna pray and intercede for you. I do not know anything about your life, whether or not you are having any problems. If you are sick, what shape your finances are in, I cannot in intelligently pray for your needs when I do not know what those needs are. Just praying, bless him, Lord, <laughs> will not solve the problem either. That, that's not how faith works either. There is no point in blessing you with physical healing blessing if you need money. Now, if you are standing against cancer or, or some other life-threatening illness, you do not need a million dollars. You need divine healing, okay? Now, I still want to pray for you, but what can I do? What can I do? It's simple. I can intercede on your behalf in the spirit with other tongues. And of course, y'all know by now, yes, I speak with other tongues. When I pray for other people and I don't know their entire situation, I speak with other tongues when I communicate with God. Now, as the Holy Spirit gives, it, it, it gives me utterance, okay? The Holy Spirit knows your needs just as he knows everything else about you. That is what Paul is writing about in Romans 8, 27. That's what he's talking about. In both praise and intercession, we can use speaking with tongues to converse with God. Now, in 1 Corinthians 14 and 2, Paul says this. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Now, you might think, how am I supposed to know what I am saying? Now, if what Paul says is true, I want to understand. I won't understand a word I say when I speak with tongues. I don't understand. I'm telling you, I don't understand a word I say when I speak with tongues, but I know I'm communicating with God and God knows what I'm saying. You know, so that is absolutely correct. You won't know what you're saying. Now, if no one understands him, like what Paul says in Romans, when a person speaks with tongues, that means the person speaking cannot understand it either. Okay, but I want you to read this verse one more time and notice something very important. Let's let's look at it one more time. This is First uh, Corinthians fourteen and two, and that's what I meant to say a few seconds ago here when I referred what Paul was saying. Uh, it was not Romans. It's First uh, Corinthians fourteen and two. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Now notice the word spirit is in small case. 
as it ought to be. It indicates we are speaking out of our spirits when we speak in tongues to God, okay? Now, if this too deep for y'all, y'all can cut the tape off and keep going. This is for those uh, adult Christians. This is meat. This is for those who want to speak directly to the creator, okay? Now, let's look at Hebrews 12 and 9. Hebrews 12 and 9, it tells us that God is the father of spirits. Okay, we have been brought into right relationship, into a right relationship with God. So God is the father of our recreated human spirits when we are born again. Um, that's the real us, our spirit man, not our flesh. Um, God wants you to talk to him in a language no one can mess with. And he loves each one of us so much that he has given us a private means of communication with him. No one can eavesdrop on us. Not even our intellectual minds can get in the way because disability transcends the, it transcends the human intellect and everything else man can come up with. You have a straight line, a hotline directly to the throne of God. Uh-huh. That's why speaking in tongues is so important. That's why. Now, when we speak with tongues to the Father, the devil cannot tap the line. He can't hear us either. He can't understand it either. That is one reason he fights tongues so ferociously. Because he can't hear what you're saying. That's why. My best English, he can't. He can't hear us when we speak in tongues. He don't understand it. Now, when you converse in your native language, the devil can monitor what you say. He can make insidious suggestions and infiltrate your mind with other thoughts while you are talking to God. You ever notice while you are talking and praying to God, some negative thoughts creep on in there? That's the devil. He hear what you're saying. So he says, well, let me throw a curveball in there. But when you speak with tongues, God has locked the devil out and that infuriates Satan. But remember, we have the greater one inside of us here. Satan can't do anything to God's people. And I'm going to uh, digress just for a second. I was holding a, holding a conversation with someone yesterday. And um, we were talking about, you know, some scary movies. And this person was terrified of scary movies, but supposed to be a Christian. Christ How in the world? Satan's supposed to be scared of us. How are you afraid of, of scary movies? My favorite movies are comedies or action-packed movies or thrillers. Um, I'm just not interested in a lot of scary movies, but I've seen some, and not one has terrified me. Not maybe as a child, but as I grew and, and was filled with the Holy Spirit and have the Spirit of God in me, I man, demons run from me. Yeah, demons run from me. They shouldn't be, you shouldn't be running from scary movies. I mean, literally ter terrified. Because you got to remember, God doesn't give us the spirit of fear, Okay. Now, let, let's talk about uh, the difference between speaking with tongues and the gift of tongues. They are two different gifts, okay? Now, let me make a, a distinction here between, between the two, which is actually one of the nine gifts of the Spirit mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12. Speaking with tongues is for every Christian, okay? Speaking with tongues is for every Christian, that Christian. I'm sorry, that's a direct line uh, to God from the each individual Christian. Now, however, the gift of tongues is not for every Christian, just as not every Christian will be used with the gifts of healing or the gift of, of working miracles. 
every Christian can be healed because that is part of, part of the promises of God to um, through Abraham uh, to his children today is that by Jesus stripes we are healed, but not every Christian has the gift to heal anyone. Not every Christian has the gift to lay hands on someone and they will be healed. Okay, so there's a difference. Now, the gift of tongues is something entirely different from speaking with tongues. And it operates as the spirit wills, okay? Not as we will, but as the spirit wills. The gifts of tongues is for the public assembly. And 99 times out of 100, it is accompanied by the companion gift of the interpretation of tongues. Speaking with tongues, on the other hand, is for your personal spiritual worship and praise and for your own spiritual contact with God. Okay, I, I, I just want that to sink in. That's why I keep saying I want it to sink in. There is a difference. It is for your spiritual enrichment, speaking in tongues. Okay, it does not need an interpretation because it is between you and God the Father. Now, something else that occasionally confuses people is when they hear someone speak with tongues for two minutes then hear another person speak in his native language for only 30 seconds. Now, to, to give the interpretation. Now, right away, they think that can't be from God. I, I, I mean, people are, oh, my Lord. Uh, bless them, though. I, I love them just like God does. Now, what those people are doing is confusing the word interpretation with the word translation. A translation of something is a word-for-word rendering of what was said before in tongues okay and interpretation is simply the the summary of what was said now when there is the gift of 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 tongues in the church it must have an interpreter okay someone will speak in tongues a message directly from god and yes that is true so don't don't let the devil scare you away from a church who has the power of god with them here because it's the devil causing you to run from god it's not god but when you speak in tongues, we wouldn't understand it if you were giving us a, a direct message from God. So we have to have an interpreter there. Now, let me give you an illustration. Imagine this scenario. Imagine this. Uh, one day I was jogging through the, the court countryside, let's say. I came upon a, a bush. Now, as I was jogging past the bush, I heard the sound of a, a, a wrestling uh, or a, like a little scuffle in the, in the bush. And then I saw a rabbit emerge from the bush and, and he crossed my path and ran in front of me and then ran over a hill. And then seconds later, I heard another, you know, rambling in the bush and out, out of the bush came a dog. The dog came out barking and chasing the rabbit. Now, that is the complete scenario. That is the complete scene. Now, the interpretation of that scene is the dog chased the rabbit. That's the interpretation of the scene. That was the gist of the story. Now, the rest was simply embellishment, okay? The gift of the interpretation of tongues works the same way, okay? Now, remember, y'all can send me any questions, um, regarding what I just said and I will clarify it in email and uh, give you uh, a number to call or I'll call you and, and talk to you personally, okay? Now let's talk a little bit about how we need to feed our spirit, 
how we can charge our spirit. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 4. It says, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Now, sometimes the church needs to be edified, okay? That is when the vocal gifts of the spirit go into operation in the corporate body, either the gift of prophecy or the gift of diverse tongues with the companion gift of interpretation of tongues, okay? However, there are also times when we need to be edified and God has provided a way by which we can do just that. The word edify means to build up. The best English word that corresponds with the word edify is the word charge, okay? As in charging a car battery when it is running down. Your spirit, tri or your cell phone, your cell phone going down, is running down and then you recharge it, okay? Your spirit, try it, it tires just like your body does and needs its energy uh, replenished, especially if you are operating in spiritual things and you are engaged in spiritual warfare with the powers of darkness. That warfare can just tire you out. So you need a way for your spirit to charge its batteries, okay? Now, the way you can uh, re-energize your spirit, man, is by, guess what? speaking in tongues in fact it is the only way you edify yourself when you pray because the only time the bible refers to doing that is in reference to speaking with other tongues now i know this may be a lot for you but shame on them churches that's not teaching you this is in the bible so why they not teaching it because they ain't filled with the spirit to understand it that's why so you learning now the importance of speaking in tongues for christians today now, if the devil can keep you in a state of spiritual exhaustion, he can whip you up and down this earth. But if he lets you, you know, recuperate, he know he, you know, he has a problem on his hands because the devil don't want to see no Christians filled with the Holy Spirit. He runs the other way. I can tell, and like I said, um, not in, in this particular series, but before in some of my episodes, that our fight is not with people. Our fight is with the devil, but you got to remember, uh, the devil and his demonic spirits use people. I be in the presence of people all the time who got the devil in them and they, they professing to be Christians here, but they scared of me. That's not them. That's the spirit of the devil. That's in them. They don't like me because I speak the truth and you can see that anointing on me. You can see that. And that's to God be all the glory. I'm proud to say I'm filled with the Holy spirit. Oh Yes. That's why I can speak boldly about the word of God and the things of God. That's why right there. Now, that is why he keeps uh, bombarding Christians with everything he can and must, uh, and especially when some of them find out how to be edified. Oh my God. When you find out how to build yourself up. Oh my goodness. Now they have a verse that echoes what, uh, what I just read in, in first Corinthians 14 and add something else that is very important is Jude 20. You know, Jude only have one chapter, but Jude verse 20, listen to Jude. But you beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit won't give you faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
praying in the Holy Spirit will build you up on your most holy faith. Oh yes, it'll give you some confidence, buddy. And it will strengthen you. And, and you do it yourself. Yeah, you can do this yourself in the privacy of your own home. You could be in a tub, you can be in a shower, you can be in the bed, you can be in your living room, your dining room, your kitchen, just chilling and start praying in the Holy Spirit and start building yourself up. Now you pray in the Holy Spirit by praying in the Spirit. Now, since it is the Holy Spirit who prompts your spirit and gives it the language so you can pray in the Spirit, or as Paul puts it in 1 Corinthians 14 and 14, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, okay? Now, that means the opposite also has to be true. If I do not pray in a tongue, my spirit does not pray, okay? If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. That's 1 Corinthians 14 and 14, okay? That's the full scripture of uh, 14 and 14. Now, we can infer from what Paul says here that your spirit and your understanding are different. Now, look at the next verse. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit and I will also pray with the understanding. The word also means in addition to. It does not mean that you do both things at the same time nor can you because we can't do those things at the same time you can't pray in the spirit and then uh pray with understanding at the same time it's impossible now it will be like trying to say dog in english and 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 in another language at the same time it, it it's just not going to happen it means you should take the time to pray both ways in the understanding with your native language first then in the spirit or vice versa or vice versa now, I pray in my understanding, my natural human ability, uh, using my own language because I may be praying about something specific and I need to use my native language to describe that thing or explain it and, and lay claim to it by faith. Now, when I pray in the spirit, okay, I build myself up, charging up my spiritual battery. That's what I do. We can do both, both those things, which, you know, which are very advantageous for us. Okay. It is very advantageous to us. Now let's read, uh, this is first Corinthians 14 again. Now, what is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit and I will also pray with the understanding I will sing with the spirit and I will also sing with the understanding. So not only can we just pray in the spirit with tongues, but we can sing in the spirit as well. I mean, this is awesome. God has given us some awesome tools to work with. We just have to stop allowing the devil to frighten us away from the tools God gave us so that we can beat him. Now, some people who speak with tongues never sing in the spirit. You sing in the spirit the same way you pray in the spirit. Just open your mouth and begin. But, I, you know, I do not, I don't know the song. That's what some of them say. You know, you don't have to know the song. You, you, will get a, you will get a melody and just go on from there. 
That's how, that's what you do. You will get a melody and just go on from there. Now it is beautiful when you sing in the spirit. It really is. I, my hopes and prayers is that you all be filled with the Holy spirit. It's a beautiful thing to communicate with your creator. And it's even more beautiful to sing to your creator. You know, this is a quality about it that is supernatural, especially if you get a group of people together who are all in agreement with it. Oh my God, singing in the spirit ushers you into another realm and does something to you and for you. Okay. My God, it blesses you. That's what it does. Now, some people are afraid of being filled with the Holy Spirit because, you know, they do not want to live too holy, you know, a lifestyle. <laughs> you, you don't have to worry about that. The Holy Spirit will not make you do anything you do not want to do, honey. The Holy Spirit don't control our body. It's there to give us strength if we choose to do something or if we, or if we don't want to do something and we need some help. And to fight our flesh, the Holy Spirit is there. You need to understand the Holy Spirit will never overtake you and cause you to do anything because we have free will and it will never, I mean, never violate our, our free will. You know, so you can keep on fornicating, go right on ahead, you know, if you want to. And the Holy Spirit will just stand by and let you do it. You know, now he may be grieved, but he will not force you to do anything that you don't want to do okay however if you want to start living right the holy spirit will help you he will give you the ability to stop sinning if you want to that is a part of his job you know all the things i have mentioned in this message are things god wants us to have and and to do to to glorify him in our lives proverbs 3 and 5 tells us trust in the lord with all your heart or your spirit because that's what your heart is supposed to be and lean not on your own understanding jesus adds in john 4 24 that god is a spirit we should therefore not lean to our human ability to try to understand god but to our spirits and to his word now jesus also says in john 4 24 that they who worship god must worship him in spirit and in truth your mind and your spirit are two different things. That does not mean we should not use our minds, but it means we should use our spirits to worship God as well as to understand the things of God. Okay. We cannot worship God or, uh, to our fullest, uh, I should say to our fullest potential, unless we, we take full advantage of everything God has given us. We have to take advantage of it. It's, it's ours. And it's there for the taking. That includes the gift of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with tongues. And I'm here to tell you, you are not filled with the Holy Spirit if you don't speak in tongues. Speaking in tongues and having the Spirit are two different things. And I talked about that earlier. Now, without that gift, we cannot do what God has commanded us to do. And John 4.24 is a commandment. It says this. Being filled with the spirit and speaking with other tongues is supposed to be the norm for Christians, just that it was for the people that the book of Acts tells us about. You know, you do not need to be filled with the spirit to be saved. Okay, because I want to get that straight. Don't don't let Satan try to twist this message and put fear in you. No, you don't need to be filled with the spirit to be saved. You will just be a powerless Christian walking around like some of these dead churches. 
they have saved people in them, but the church dead because they don't have the Holy Spirit in there. You know, now the gift of the Holy Spirit empowers you. It will give you power. You need to really live that saved life to its fullest end. And you can't do it without the Holy Spirit. Now, for the lie that the devil chose the church, uh, told the church that, oh yeah, we know that the, uh, the, uh, apostles of old in the book of Acts, they spoke with tongues, but speaking in tongues have ceased. That's a lie. That's a lie. We need to be connected to God in the spirit or through the spirit until we are with him in eternity. As long as we are still on this earth, we need to speak with tongues because speaking in tongues will exist along with all the spiritual gifts, which is teaching and, and, and laying hands on people, causing them to heal and prophesying that will continue to exist until that, which it's, which is perfect has come. That which is perfect is far from coming. So until, uh, that which is perfect has come, that which is important, which is the spiritual gifts will remain. So I just blew that lie out of the water. So guys, stand by for a brief message. Praise God for that powerful message. I hope you were blessed by this message. I certainly was. I think we have covered enough scripture to determine that speaking in tongues is of the Holy Spirit and not from that lying devil, also known as Satan. If you want to tap into the power of God, get filled with the Holy Spirit so your life can change forever. If you have any questions or comments about this episode, please send your comments or questions to trustgod55.cd at gmail.com. Also, if you would like to support this podcast financially by sowing into good ground, please go to my Anchor or Spotify homepage and show your support by contributing an amount of your choice. Part six is the final episode of this six-part series. Lie number six is entitled, God Kills People. Now, if Jesus tells us that the thief, which is an alias for Satan, comes to steal, kill, and destroy, who do you think is killing people? Now, as always, I save the best for last. And most importantly, this will be the most blessed and sincere message I have taught throughout this series. It's all about knowing your enemy. Now until next time, saints, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D, rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. See you next time.